This is part two of my 2021 presentation on micro learning. Micro delivery, what are the key elements? Short, bite-sized, what I call micro lectures of about one to three, so I've called them installments here, which could be as short as five minutes and sometimes even longer than 20. But once again, we're, we're working with principles and so going to a longer time, if it's justified and the presentation that you're doing is in, the topic is engaging enough to keep people there, then that's, that's, that's all right. We don't want to be too strict with the rules or principles, I should say. So the idea here is that delivering in this form, as opposed to a one hour or 45 minute uploaded lecture per week, is that we're making it nice and convenient for students. The online resources like recordings of lectures and so on are expected now by our on-campus students, not just our off-campus students. Yeah, well, so we're wanting to, to give them a good experience. How can we do that? Make it manageable so that they can go onto the study desk, as I've said, and say, oh, okay, so we've got lecture Lecture one, part one, part two, part three, or you might think of nicer uh, ways of um, naming those. And they can switch onto those at any time of day or night when they have some spare time, whether they're waiting for a bus or they're on a bus, or you can think of a, a load of scenarios. So this idea of chopping down your lectures. Now, you can take a 40 minute lecture and you can chop it into three bits. That's one way of achieving it. In terms of making an initial start, at least. And then as we go on, we learn to further refine. So having that is a, um, a, a major element. Another really important element is short lecturer videos. I've got this under lecturer presence. Uh, that's the people want to be able to see the lecturer. Some, for their welcome video, to welcome students to the course, don't film themselves. They'll have a PowerPoint and a voiceover. Uh, but the thing is, students want to see you, and it's important. Uh, and if you're a student, that's what you would want. So hence, I'm making a deal out of it here. Uh, so every week I have a one to two minute introduction to the to the week, to the module. Now, I'll tell you, making a one to two minute or a 90 second video is pretty darn easy. You get used to it pretty quickly. And if you compare it to, OK, I'll do a five minute video, a lot more thought needs to go into what you're going to say, how you're going to sequence it and so on. So micro, about making small. It's supposed to make life better for the students and it's supposed to make your life better too. Now, methods and techniques available. Well, I've been using voiceover PowerPoints and that's pretty simple and a lot of student assignments these days require that. You know, so students do a presentation, five minutes, voice PowerPoint. So it's something we often ask of our own students. And a lot of lectures are recorded live, either on campus or online. 
and then you can edit those into parts. So if you're embarking on micro learning, you might want to take your recorded lecture and split it into two. That's making a start. Next year, you can further develop and refine, but at least it gets you started on this idea of breaking things down. Most of my classes these days are on Zoom and I push record and after the class is finished, I have a nice recording and I edit that down into pieces. I've made a distinction there between a lecture and a class. So the class is more a tutorial or a discussion. To keep things varied, we can include some short voice-only recordings. And so we're getting into the area of novelty with podcast-type form. And what I'm looking at now for, for future is finishing every module with a two-minute audio cast, podcast, saying, okay, this week, you know, the important things that we covered were and, uh, and have that in that kind of form. Editing is not a difficult skill. It's something I came to with no knowledge of. And obviously source help in doing that. You can pick it up quite quickly. Another really important theme in all of this is trying to make things dynamic, using variety, novelty, and interactivity. And you'll see this now as we go on. Using different combinations. For example, you know, a voice PowerPoint could be one thing for a, a given week and then a part of a class in the same week. So you might have those two items edited down so that you're mixing things up and engagement using variety and novelty with guest presenters. And this is something that you, you don't have to do every class. And I'm sort of building on it. Uh, so every year I get a few more people come in. One thing I found that works uh, really well or can work really well, it's worth considering, is getting a colleague to come along to one of your classes. In my situation, it's typically Zoom. And say to the colleague, well, look, it's my course, I'm, I'm, I'm running it and, and so on. But gee, I'd appreciate it if you, you know, we're talking about this, here are the slides and, and what have you. Have a look at those. It'd be good if you came along and joined in, talk to the students as well and, 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 and spark a few ideas and you have, have a, you know, and anything that you'd like to suggest that we could do uh, in there. Now, the first reaction to that might be, well, Gee, you know, I'm pretty busy teaching my own courses. Why should I go and help you do your job? So I've got there, do this with payback the help principles. So, you know, you can't ask for it unless you offer it back. In. And if they join your class for perhaps the whole thing, but perhaps as little as 20 minutes, they can really, in terms of variety and novelty, they can inject some energy and new perspective into it uh, and energise the class. And then if you can go and spare 20 minutes or maybe an hour sometimes and do the same thing back, in the end, you haven't lost that much. And it is the course lecturer who is the responsible person. The other person's an invited guest. They're not expected to carry the load, so to speak. So I think it's a great idea. Style shifting between formal and informal, just thinking about ways to add variety. Special guest spots uh, where you might get somebody from industry, 
In this case, I'm not thinking live. I'm thinking of a, a voice PowerPoint or maybe a video that's embedded. But, you know, a special guest spot, as little as one slide could be enough, um, perhaps two. Good storytelling, the power of narrative, can be another good engagement tool. Uh, Humour, which can be um, subtle or not subtle, I mean, use both. Obviously, I'm not talking about bringing in all your best jokes. Uh, that's kind of not the, that's the, that's what they call it. That's the dog, the tail wagging the dog, sorry. But, you know, it can be used and obviously it's got to be used carefully, you know, carefully, but it's something I like to, um, to do because we're wanting to get students engaged. And if it's not offensive, that's a big thing with humor, isn't it? If you can, um, test it for that, will it offend anybody? And you think, no, it's, it's fairly safe then it can be one of the things in your repertoire that will keep students engaged. We're wanting to make learning an enjoyable experience. Using a friendly and informal style, and it's something that I think comes fairly naturally to me, but certainly student feedback, not just at USQ, shows that students like that. And that's because it makes information more relatable and thereby more engaging. But then I've got style switching I mentioned before. You know, sometimes uh, for my videos at the week, I'll try to remember to wear a jacket uh, and I'll speak formally. So students are getting a, a, a mixture of things. They don't want it to always be informal. But if you're having a class with them, they much prefer that to be informal, or let's say conversational. And it's a good idea to use our lectures and weekly video to sell what it is that we're going to be looking at during the week. And I, I mentioned readings before. So it's an important opportunity to enthuse them and get them interested in what's coming up. Then I've got relevance linking practical value, making it explicit to students and organizing your delivery and your content around how can this help you in the workplace in the future? And very importantly, how is what we're talking about right now useful for your assignment? And I do a lot of this. Uh, every class I have, I will make connections uh, to these things, particularly um, the assessment. And I've known for years, it's a great teaching tool because when you start talking about the assignment, students listen. Embedding student involvement. I'll draw from a recent example. I started off with this slide, titled Emotional Skills, and a couple of points just to get the ball rolling so students can see what's going on. And then I asked the students in our discussion what they think, and then I finished the slide by typing online, you know, relevant things that they have to say in, in dot form and build a slide of points for emotional skills in this case. So here, we're getting students involved in the putting together of knowledge. When you are trying to think of activities for students, 
explain relevance and uh, practical value, and check suitability. Uh, do I think the activity or the discussion questions I have, are they like well suited for enabling students to easily come up with ideas, to, or, or is it really tricky and hard? It's a face value kind of question, self-reflective question. Lead by example, demonstrate, and that's what I did about emotional skills by saying, here, here are several. So, you know, I've, 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 be, I've started an activity and I've been the first one to give a response to that activity, leading by example. And the kinds of prompting questions that you could use, what would you do if you were faced with a particular kind of situation? So now some concluding and takeaway points. When you're asking somebody to uh, contribute to your course in some way, like maybe voiceover a slide or con contribute a few slides and a voiceover or something, keep the task micro. So you're never asking anybody to do much. Also, novelty elements like variation in voice. I noticed that in this seminar, we have two MCs. It's the same idea. I try to get a variety of voices. If I can get somebody to speak for a slide so that students aren't hearing my voice all the time, okay? It's the same thing that's being applied here this morning in the organisation of having two MCs. It's low tech, in my view, uh, but you need to learn some basic editing, which I've uh, talked about. But in addition to editing, basic recording and lighting. I do some stuff with camera. These days you can do most stuff like we are doing now, just using a video conferencing software. So for example, later on this afternoon, those blinds that you're looking at, there will be a piercing light coming through. You don't want that. So it's just being uh, attentive to a few little things which you learn along the way, but it's worth me pointing them out. I see some people attend Zooms and I swear they live in a cave. It's not a good look. It's not great for the student experience. It doesn't make you look good. So it's something that can be simply fixed. And props. I wear the jacket when I do the welcome um, and when I do the, the intro video. But you can do interesting things having an interesting background. So you'll see here, you see people at my class, or in this case, you folks here right now, they, oh, I see Chris has got a windmill in the background there. I wonder if he's got a Dutch heritage. And I have. And here I have a wooden shoe. Okay, now I don't necessarily pick it up. I did this because it's a novelty thing to do. I'm trying to demonstrate novelty, right? But I could, okay, I probably wouldn't. But I, um, I, I did just then. So there's different, different things you can do with the background. Uh, because I do a video every week, I try to change the background. I'll have a big Beatles picture, uh, but they're a bit old now, aren't they? Maybe I should update to Justin Bieber or something. I don't know. Perhaps that's a good point to end on. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Cosson.